0: Hi, you guys, this is Kathy Broxavale, UTG Radio's WKKP Digital Broadcasting. And I wanted to give you a little snippet of what Nancy Pelosi was saying um, today, October 15, 2019, at the press conference, because we all thought that they uh, would be saying some more things, um, some more things that we didn't know about the impeachment uh, on Donald Trump. And thus far, uh, Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff, uh, are talking about, uh, what led up to them investigating, um, then they give them like a summary and they're telling you the things that they've gotten done, which is what I had hoped. I had hoped that they were still working and keeping busy, uh, while still trying to, uh, impeach or follow the procedures for impeaching, uh, Donald Trump and what and, and all his, uh, all the people that are working with him. So anyway, uh, I recorded the uh, I recorded the conference because well, I'm not there in in Washington. Uh, I'm not there, but other media outlets are. So we got to give a props up to MSNBC. Woo! Watch y'all all the time. Amen. Amen. Ain't letting like the NBC. I love it. I love it. So props to y'all. This is your credits. Yeah. Um, I just, hey, y'all do the best. I had to record the best. So, all right, here is a little piece of the conference. It's actually, it's almost all of it, uh, of uh, what Nancy Pelosi was saying, uh, just because the rest of it got cut off. All right, thanks.
1: Now, uh, members have town hall meeting. Conferences and the rest, to listen to people's concerns, to share what we intended to do. And now that we're back this week, two committees, Education and Labor, under Bobby Scott's leadership, will be marking up H.R. 3. Uh, 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 energy and Commerce, under Frank Pallone, Chairman Frank Pallone, will be marking up H.R. 3. And uh, Mr. Uh, Ways and Means Committee, Mr. Neal will, Chairman Neal will be having a hearing on the bill this week and marking it up next week. So we're really going down a path of passing legislation that will be transformative in the lives of the American people for what it will save them. And um, what it will save the taxpayer as well. It might be interesting, do you know that in the course of, of this past week or so, see, uh, the Congressional Budget Office reported that H.R. 3 will save taxpayers $345 billion on the Medicare Part D piece alone, and that it will. Um, and the Office of the Actuary reported that drug negotiations and Medicare inflation rebates will save households $158 billion and private businesses $48 billion uh, from between 2020 and 2029. So we're very, very proud of the savings that it will be for people in their individual lives, for businesses and for the taxpayer. Uh, it's, how we spend that money some of it will be used for reinvesting into benefits making that uh, medicare a more substantial benefit some of it will be for innovation and research at the national institutes of health uh, some will be for as i said that more benefits whether it's dental visual vision hearing whatever with medicare i mentioned that but uh, there are other considerations as well the committee's as they mark up the bill, we'll make those proposals. The amendment process on the floor will take us to another point, and what are there other ways that we may want to invest some of that money uh, for the benefit of America's working families and for innovation and research. Earlier today, some of you were with us when we had the, the um, announcement of Bobby, Chairman Bobby Scott's College Affordability strong legislation to make higher education more affordable expanding opportunity improving access uh, to quality education Uh, this week as all through the break and continuing this week we've been working on the US Mexico Canada trade agreement Uh, we hope to be on a path to yes we're still waiting for assurances about enforceability in it because you can have all the good provisions in the world but if you can't enforce them you're just having a a conversation as there's some of the same concerns we have about the US-China relationship. Are they really going to honor any commitments that they make? Buying uh, farm products, that's good, but what about the other considerations that hurt America's manufacturing base and the rest? So we'll see what that is. It seems to me it was a small bill. In terms of guns, again, as I said to some of you earlier, this is a bullet. I was in Florida for It was all over the country, but when I was in Florida, I received this from Frederica Wilson, my colleague. Its bracelets are made with bullets in the color orange, which is the color of uh, gun violence protection. I told the president, we're not going away until we get this background check bill passed. But it is just among the other for the people agenda legislation that we have. So, uh, uh, um... Legislate, Investigate Mr. Mr. Schiff. Mr. Chairman will be here shortly. He'll report on some of that. I just want to say how proud I am of him and the members of the Intelligence Committee for being here over the break for the uh, valuable legislation, uh, uh, investigations that they have done. And, again, you'll hear from him momentarily. In terms of litigation, uh, we have been very successful in the courts. Last Friday, we won five decisions in our favor in terms of uh, Congress's authority under the Constitution, and today another decision came down in our favor in relationship to emoluments. You probably had that information on your phones, Uh, but again, another recognition that our founders had very deep suspicion about foreigners interfering in our government, and as, again, in our elections and the emoluments Clause was there put there specifically for that purpose, to protect us from any influence of foreign governments. So the fact that we would be here in, in an inquiry uh, that relates to the president asking a foreign government uh, to help the president in his reelection, by withholding, granting or withholding the timing of military assistance that had been voted on by the Congress, it's just, uh, uh, has so many violations in it. It undermines our national security. We were sending that of uh, 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 military assistance because of uh, Ukraine needing that vis-a-vis Russia. All roads seem to lead to Putin with the president, though. Isn't it so? And then when we talk about uh, uh, undermining the integrity of our elections, that's wrong. And when you're talking about violating the president's oath of office to protect defendants, preserve the Constitution of the United States to the best of his ability. That's the presidential oath. To the best of his ability. Well... Uh, we we'll go with that. In, in, in any event, um, the rulings were uh, that, that we won last week were three of them against the president's hateful public charge rule from taking effect, a ruling against the president's sham national emergency declaration to build his wasteful border wall, a ruling in the Mazers case, which was led by Chairman Cummings... uh, oversight committee that reaffirms Congress's authority and responsibility to conduct oversight and consider legislation on behalf of the American people. And the court ruled the following in that case. Contrary to the President's arguments, the committee possesses authority under both the House rules and the Constitution to issue the subpoena and the measures, and measures must comply. So, uh, again, Five victories on Friday, one today in terms of, uh, in terms of emoluments. But that that uh, just happened. We just had a meeting with our caucus to um, be brought up to date on where we are on um, uh, our legislative agenda. Uh, as I mentioned, we're legislating. We're litigating, we're investigating, and leading that for us is our very distinguished chair of the Intelligence Committee, Mr. Schiff, who's just completed voting and will join us here. The speaker doesn't vote unless it's a tie, so I have that letter. Unless you have any questions about our legislative agenda.
2: Can you the Which one? Uh, you spoke to Senator Graham about a Turkey sanctions bill to return from the Syrian invasion.
1: a statement of saying. State yeah, we, I, we spoke about uh, some sanctions bills and also about having uh, legislation, a, a, a joint resolution, House-Senate, bipartisan, uh, to um, oppose the president's decision about uh, about Syria. Uh Hopefully, we will have we'll take some of that up this week, and and Mr. Elliott Engel is leading the way for us under the Foreign Affairs Committee. Uh, the I'm hopeful that the I mean I think Senator Graham kind of fell back a little bit. I don't know. His language got a little weaker. I don't know what happened with the White House, but hopefully he's still where he was in the conversation that we had, is that we would have a bipartisan bill to oppose the president's decision, terribly dangerous decision and that we would have legislation with strong sanctions in it against uh, Turkey. Uh, the uh, president gave a green light to Turkey to go in and commit this humanitarian disaster onto the Kurds, making us an untrustworthy ally, and then had a wet noodle for for um, his sanctions, which just were not up to the task. So that's where we are. Excuse
2: me, Mr. Chair. Thank you, Madam Speaker. I wanted to give you a brief update on the investigation. Uh, in the last uh, couple of weeks, I think we've made dramatic progress in uh, answering some of the questions surrounding that July telephone call between President Trump and President Zelensky in which the President of the United States uh, sought to coerce a vulnerable ally into uh, conducting, uh, I think, what can best be described as sham investigations involving his opponent uh, and into involving a debunked conspiracy theory about the 2016 election. We have learned that call was not in isolation. There was a great deal of preparatory work that was done before the call. There was a lot of follow-up work that was done after the call. Um, And we have learned much of this thanks to the courageous testimony of State Department officials um, who have been put in an impossible situation by the administration, and that is urged not to comply with the law, urged not to comply with a lawful subpoena by the U.S. Congress. And they are doing their duty. Um, And people should make no mistake about that. They are doing exactly what they are required to do. And I think showing enormous courage. And um, I, I think we uh, uh, owe a great debt of gratitude to public servants like Ambassador Ivanovich, um, who had to endure so many false smears on her character um, and has continued to show the courage to, to come forward and speak to our, our committees. And um, we are also learning a great deal Uh, On the issue of conditionality, that is the effort to condition a White House meeting that was desperately sought by the Ukraine president um, in order to get a commitment from that president to do these political investigations on behalf of the president of the United States. Uh, So we're learning a lot about the conditionality of that meeting, and I want to underscore just how important that meeting was for Ukraine. Uh, It is, I think, at the very top ask of most countries to have a meeting with the president of the United States. But this is most particularly true for a country that has been invaded by its neighbor, Russia. That is in the midst of still a very hot uh, conflict uh, that is dependent on us economically, politically, diplomatically, militarily, to show that the new president had a good relationship with the president of the United States. Um, And so that gave enormous leverage to President Trump to coerce what he wanted from the president of Ukraine. Um, And what is so damaging about this is at the very time the State Department is trying to urge Ukraine uh, to follow the rule of law, you have the president of the United States urging that president to engage in political investigations. Uh, You could not have a message more contradictory to that uh, of the State Department than that we saw in that